The excerpt is sponsored by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system with 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Stay tuned after the show for a special offer just for our listeners. Good morning, I'm Taylor Wilson, and this is 5 Things You Need to Know Monday, the 30th of January, 2023. Today, protests continue after the death of Tyree Nichols, plus a look at this month's drug price hikes and how to better protect right whales in the Atlantic. Demonstrations outside a Memphis police station yesterday demanded charges against an officer seen firing what appears to be a taser in the video that shows five other officers fatally beating Tyree Nichols. If y'all so peaceful and want to talk, let's talk. If you support the Nichols family, then come on, let's talk. Protests and vigils were expected yesterday across the country two days after video of the incident was released. Protests this weekend nationwide were mostly peaceful, as Tyree's family has called for, though some arrests were made in New York City after demonstrators vandalized a squad car. Hundreds of people gathered peacefully last night in Oakland, calling for an end to police brutality and justice for Tyree Nichols. Five officers involved in the incident, who are all black, have been charged with second-degree murder in the death of the 29-year-old black man. And their unit, nicknamed Scorpion, has since been disbanded. For more on the aftermath of Tyree Nichols' death and the ongoing conversation around police reform, be sure to check out this past Saturday's episode of Five Things. You can find a link in today's show notes. Pharmaceutical companies are hiking prices on nearly a thousand drugs this month. For more on why this is happening and what patients can do about it, I caught up with USA Today health reporter Ken Altucker. Ken, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So pharmaceutical companies are hiking prices on nearly a thousand drugs this month. Drugs like Humira and Eliquis, which people might argue are already really expensive. Ken, which others are being price hiked and why? It might be easier listing drugs that aren't being increased Essentially, what pharmaceutical companies do uh, every year is they sort of review their pricing and often increase prices. They are kind of navigating some some pretty complex factors when setting these prices, uh, like rebates uh, paid to third parties. Drug makers that increase prices above inflation levels must pay these rebates to Medicare. Can you tell us, Ken, about how these rebates influence prices? The rebates have been happening for several years now. Health insurance companies and these groups called pharmacy benefit managers often manage the prescription drug um, end of things for insurance plans and large employers. They go into direct negotiation with drug companies. A drug company might raise a price, uh, but the pharmacy benefit manager will also ask for a larger rebate from year to year. And that is sort of the give and take negotiations behind the scenes that consumers don't see. When drug companies like they're doing this January are raising retail prices, it doesn't always directly translate to higher prices for the consumer. However, if you're uninsured and you have no prescription uh, drug coverage, that's certainly the case. 
So Ken, how does the Inflation Reduction Act influence these price hikes? What the Inflation Reduction Act will do is it will limit out-of-pocket spending at 2000 and it will also allow Medicare to begin negotiating the costliest drugs uh, that it pays for directly from drug companies. But those provisions are, are sort of down the road. Starting this year, Medicare is requiring drug companies to limit price increases to the rate of inflation. Uh, these price hikes we're seeing right now announced in January would fall under that provision. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Now, of course, um, we're sort of in an unusual time. Inflation is really high right now. And so this sort of gives the drug companies maybe more room to, you know, request higher increases. Ken, we already know that many patients don't take their medicine as things are because prices are already too high. Will this just make that problem worse? Certainly for some people, um, depending on their coverage, uh, and particularly for those who don't have uh, health insurance. In the end, as a lot of things with healthcare, those who don't have health insurance are charged the most, which seems like a sort of an inherently unfair system uh, in many ways. We cite a survey from uh, Kaiser Family Foundation that found about three in 10 people as of last fall were not filling their prescriptions or they weren't taking the full amount. Maybe they're having their medication um, or they're seeking replacements um, that they could buy over the counter that weren't prescription medications. All right. How about generic pharmacies like GoodRx or Cost Plus Drugs? Should people turn to them for better pricing, whether they have insurance or not? Certainly for folks who are uninsured, um, that is one option. They can go there and try to find a less expensive price. And some people have had luck with that. Other people who don't have insurance might contact the drug company directly or maybe through their doctor uh, and, and try to get, uh, you know, on a patient assistance program. But, but certainly a lot of people have had luck with uh, websites like uh, GoodRx that uh, purport to offer discounts. But, you know, in many cases, it depends on your insurance plan. If you buy from outside of your insurance plan like that, it might not go toward your deductible. So in the end, you know, you have to make your own decision on, on whether that's worth it. All right, Ken Oltucker, thanks so much for your time and insight on this. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Utah has become the first state this year to ban gender-affirming health care for transgender youths. The state's Republican-dominated legislature fast-tracked the bill, which prohibits transgender surgery for those under the age of 18 and bars hormone treatments for minors who have not yet been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. So far this year, at least 10 other states have introduced bills targeting such health care access, and at least 15 states last year restricted access to gender-affirming care or considered laws that would do so, according to the Williams Institute. Supporters of gender-affirming care bans often claim they're saving young people from regret later in life. But recent polls from the Trevor Project, which provides crisis and suicide prevention services for LGBTQ youths, show the damaging toll the bills can have. 85% of trans and non-binary youth say that recent debates about state laws restricting their rights have negatively impacted their mental health. The North Atlantic right whale is critically endangered. And while a number of factors are to blame, conservation efforts in recent years have often centered around cutting down the number of boat collisions. 
For more, I spoke last week with Eve Zukoff, a climate and environment reporter for WCAI, the NPR station for Cape Cod and the surrounding islands in Massachusetts. Eve, thanks for coming on Five Things. Hi, thank you. So earlier this month, a right whale calf washed up on the coast of North Carolina. What is the state of the right whale population and what are some of the current threats, Eve? Right. So the state is not good. There are about 340 North Atlantic right whales left on the planet, and the species is critically endangered. That is one step away from extinction. The threats range. The leading causes of death for right whales are collisions with boats and entanglements in rope and fishing gear. But for what it's worth, I mean, climate change is another. Warming waters have been moving right whales' food source, putting them into more dangerous places where there aren't protections. There's also a growing body of research that shows that the impacts of all of the stresses that right whales face are really impacting them negatively. So right whales are smaller than they used to be. They're not producing as many calves. They're just not thriving anymore. Really, to sustain a population, you have to have 20 to 30 new calves every year when the numbers are this low and there are just 80 breeding females left. The numbers aren't in their favor. Eve, a Mm. uh, group of environmental organizations, recently asked the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to implement a plan to at least slow ships down through the migration seasons, which are in winter and spring, to help stop some of these big collisions. What do advocates say about plans to help stop some of these collisions? Oceana, which is an ocean conservation organization, wanted the federal government to jumpstart the very slow legal process for evaluating new boat speed regulations. Slower boats mean less collisions with whales, often is the case, that's what research has shown. They wanted the government to go ahead and just approve these new slow boat restrictions on an emergency basis. The point here for Oceana is that these right whales can't keep waiting for the slow pace of humans. Right now, we know that there are 12 mother uh, right whales that have given birth to their calves in waters between South Carolina and Florida. And once they give birth, these mother calf pairs start moving north and they put themselves through all kinds of dangerous, unprotected waters. And if we know that boat collisions are harming and killing these critically endangered whales, why wait, right? That was the question Oceana was asking. But just last week, the federal government rejected the emergency petition and said, you know, you got to wait for these rules to go through the proper process. By late 2023, we'll have a clearer sense of where they stand. Eve, let's talk about fishermen's role in all of this. I don't think you can find anyone involved in the world of right whale research who wouldn't agree that fishermen are already part of the solution. They use different rope now that's designed to break if a whale gets entangled in it. They mark their gear differently in case there are entanglements so it's clear where the finger pointing should go. They're adhering to seasonal closures. Three months of the year, you basically cannot catch lobsters off the coast of Massachusetts. Some scientists and conservationists say that fishermen need to completely revolutionize the way they do things and use what are called ropeless or on-demand fishing gear. That's basically where you push a button from your boat and traps on the seafloor float up to the top at the most simple level. But lobstermen point out that the technology isn't fully ready to be rolled out at a fishery scale. They raise safety and feasibility issues. Cost issues are a big one. Ultimately, I think it's safe to say that no one wants to see whales die, but fishermen are worried that they themselves could be regulated to extinction if the burden gets too heavy on them. All right, Eve Zukoff, great insight and passion on this topic. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
The matchup for Super Bowl 57 is set. The Philadelphia Eagles smashed the San Francisco 49ers 31-7 to win the NFC Championship. The Niners lost quarterback Brock Purdy early in the game with an elbow injury, and they later lost his backup Josh Johnson to a concussion. Later, over in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs edged out the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to return to their third Super Bowl in the past four years. The Eagles are back for the first time since winning it all in 2018. You can find early coverage of the Super Bowl matchup right now from USA Today Sports. And you can find new episodes of Five Things every morning right here on your favorite podcast app. I'm back tomorrow with more of Five Things from USA Today. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash excerpt. That's netsuite.com slash E-X-C-E-R-P-T to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash excerpt.